I love people, right? I mean, Tammy's just like one of those out-of-the-box people that I just love meeting different people, unusual people, crazy people, beautiful people. I love all kinds of people, and so does God. Is that right? So does God. And, you know, Jesus, when Jesus came to the earth, Jesus came to bring change. And I think Jesus came to bring change because society always gets itself in a place where it starts to ostracize people. Where we get to a place where we come and we bring the elite class, the elite people. You know, Hitler wanted to wipe out all the people that didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes. There's this thing in our society, in our, in our hearts, in our fleshly nature, in an in a, in a evil world that says there are only certain people that are good enough there are only certain people that will figure and the rest are rejects of society. Is that right? And so when Jesus came to the earth, Jesus came to the earth as the son of God. He left heaven as a king who was worshipped, as a king who was important and significant and magnified and glorious. And he chose to come to earth and be born in a manger. Why did Jesus do that? Why did God choose that way? Jesus was bringing a change. See, up until that time in the church or in the, in the places of society, there was this place where there were outcasts. Is that right? I mean, if you read the word of God, you would know, like, there were outcasts. There were people who weren't allowed even in the church. I mean, if you were a leper, you weren't even allowed in the town. If you were a woman, there were certain times and certain places you weren't even allowed to worship God, you know? If you were a child, you weren't allowed in certain places. You know, even the disciples said, you know, keep the children away from Jesus. Keep, and Jesus said, bring the children to me. You know, there were so many places in society where there was the outcast. And then there was the people that were good enough, that were pretty enough, that were special enough, that were anointed enough, who prayed enough, who fasted enough, who kept the law enough, who were well Amen. Who had all their body parts. If you were missing a body part, you were a reject of society. You were cast out. You were not allowed even in the city. In fact, you weren't even allowed to hold down a job. You had to beg. You know, I mean, this is what our society is like. And so Jesus came and Jesus is coming to bring change. And how does he come to bring change? He comes as a reject. He comes because he wants to say to all the rejects of the earth, guess what? You're not. And neither am I. And this scripture here in Luke 2.7 says this. It's talking about Jesus' birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And I wonder... When I read that, I thought, if Mary and Joseph had have been rich, would there have been room for them in the inn? If Mary and Joseph would have been famous, or if they would have known significant people, if they would have even known the innkeeper personally, and he wanted to big note himself because Mary and Joseph were coming to town and they're celebs, and so if they were celebs, would they have been accepted would there have been room in the inn but when the innkeeper saw that this is just a normal couple this is just nobody special they weren't particularly good looking they weren't going to have you know be 
bring any um, extra clientele for him. He just goes, there's no room in the inn. And so many times in our society, people get this message. There's no room for you in the inn. How many times when we go to people and we say, you know, you want to come to church? Would you like to come to church? And, 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 and they go, you know, there's no room for me in the inn. I've tried to go to church before. I remember when I was a little girl growing up, growing up without Christianity, growing up without any knowledge of God whatsoever, but having such a hunger for God and knowing in my heart of hearts that there was a God and wanting to know him. And my big sister had this friend who was a, of a Catholic persuasion. And she said to my sister, I'll take you to church with me. And I thought, that'd be so cool. Will you take me to church with you? And I was only little. I wanted to go to church. And I remember going to this Catholic church and everybody was going down to have communion and they were putting this thing on their tongue and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, maybe if I go down the front, they put this thing on my tongue, then God will accept me, eh? And so I go down the front as a little girl and I'm waiting there like this and I'm doing that, waiting for them, you know, like everybody else. And the, and the priest says to me, are you a Catholic? And I went, I don't think so. So you're not allowed to have communion. And I remember as a little child, just like having to turn around and walk back through the crowd, everyone just staring at me like I'm a reject because I wasn't worthy to have communion because I hadn't been to the priest to confess. I mean, I was a little child. I mean, I told a couple of lies by that stage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just an innocent child. I wanted to come to Jesus. But there's this, this society that has put Jesus in a box, put God in a box and said, you know, only the good people, only the perfect people can come to Jesus. And you know what happens? This kind of gets into our heads. Even as Christians, it gets inside of our heads. And our society says that we have to be beautiful, that we have to, you know, you're only accepted in, in places of notoriety if you're good looking or if you're smart or, you know, if you've got something really going for you. But if, you, if you're just an ordinary looking person by their standards, who actually set the standard what's good looking, what's not anyway? I don't really know. I have never seen an ugly child in my life. In my life, I've never seen an ugly baby. But all of a sudden, when we grow up, we've got distinctions. You're ugly, you're not. You're ugly, you're not. You're, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're fat, you're skinny, you're, you're too tall, you got freckles. You know, you reject, accept it. Reject, accept it. Reject. Oh, but then you get a little old and things start going south and suddenly you're rejected when you've been accepted all your life. And so there's, you know, it's all messed up. It's just so messed up. And Jesus said this in John 14 too. He said this, in my father's house. I love the way he says, in my father's house. I mean, there's lots of other houses. There's lots of institutions. There's lots of churches. There's lots of places. There's lots of houses. But Jesus said, but in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you will also be with where I am. Jesus said, in my house, you'll never go to an inn where it says no room. There's no room in the inn for you. 
Jesus came. He came as a reject of society. He was crucified as a reject to say to you that there is room in the end for you. To say to you that there will never be a place, a time, or, or an occasion where if you come to him, that he would say there's no room. That's why he was saying, in my father's house, there's many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. See, Jesus' house has rooms for everyone. Because to him, there is no class distinction. To him, there is no race or creed. To him, there is no ugly or pretty, good or bad. To him, we are children of the Most High God. And we are his brothers and his sisters. And he loved us so much that he died willingly as a reject on a cross so that we would be good enough. Amen? Not one of you is pretty enough to make it to heaven on your looks. Not one of you is handsome enough. Not one of you is strong enough. Not one of you is good enough. No matter how many good deeds you do, there is none righteous, no, not one. But Jesus Christ came and became our righteousness. He is the beauty that is inside of us. He is the glory that shines out of us. It is him who makes us beautiful. It is him who makes us wise. It is him who makes us accepted in an unacceptable society. It is him who says, there is room in my father's house for everyone. Matthew 22, there's a little, you know, Jesus spoke in parables and in stories. In Matthew 22, he's talking about this. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. And then he sent some more servants to tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted calf have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, mistreated and killed them. And the king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned the city. And then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out to the streets and gathered all the people they could find both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. <laughs> I love that. You know, the people that were good enough couldn't be bothered. The people who thought they were high society, the people who thought they deserved to be at the banquet, and didn't recognize the day of visitation. And Jesus said, bring them all. Just bring them all. Bring them all. And Jesus showed this when he was on earth. I mean, just look at the people that Jesus went to. Don't you think that Jesus, Son of God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the first place that he would go to would be to the temple and stand up, say, I am the King, and I'm here, and I am the Son of God. All bow down and worship me. 
No, he read the scriptures. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent me to set the captives free. He has sent me to tell every human being that my father has many rooms. And I've come to set them free. I've come to tell them they belong in this place, in this church, in this temple, in this place of worship where you have cast them out. And he many times he called them whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. You do the stuff, you say the stuff, but you can't love. You don't, you don't love people. And so Jesus came to bring change, a revolutionary They came and said, there are many rooms in my father's house. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Where was he going to prepare a place for you? He was going to a cross to prepare a place for you that you could come in to his father's house and there would be room for you because of his precious, sinless spotless sacrifice a righteous man a beautiful man a good man a wise man a man of notoriety a king was crucified for you so that you could come so that you could come look at these people that Jesus went to a leper a leper. Jesus said, he said to his disciples, go out, lay hands on the sick, cleanse the lepers. Lepers were the rejects of society. They had to live out on the outskirts of town. They were unclean. No one was allowed to touch them. But Jesus went to the lepers and he touched them. Can you imagine if you had been a leper in that day, rejected, outcast, outside the town, no one coming near you. And then this man named Jesus, he comes out of the town. He comes away from the places of notoriety. This king of kings that everyone's talking about walks away from the praise and the accolades of the people. And he comes looking and he comes looking. He comes to the dirtiest hole, the stench of leprosy, the stench of death everywhere. And he finds the dirtiest leper with the dirtiest broken finger he can find. There it is. It's just about to drop off. Amen. (laughs) And what does he do? Touches him. You know how long it had been since that leper had even been touched? How long it was since he felt someone's skin, human skin on his skin? Because if you touched a leper, you were unclean. Jesus touched him and made him whole. He says to him, to my father's house, follow me. And then he goes, he goes then, he goes to a tax collector. Tax collector, the biggest cheaters, the, the biggest outcasts of society. They would just rip anybody off. They would just suck up to anybody. They would spit on their own family members so that the taxes would come in for Caesar. And they didn't care who you were. They would just walk over you in the street. They had no conscience. And here's this tax collector up a tree trying to see this Jesus, trying to get a look at him, not wanting to go close to him because if he went close to him, Jesus would say, are you a tax collector with a bony finger? 
What are you doing trying to come into my father's house? He looks up the tree. He says, come down out of that tree. Today I'm going to go to your house for dinner. (laughs) Today I'm going to go to you and invite every sinner you can. Invite all your tax collector friends, your prostitute friends, everything you get. I don't care if you booze up while I'm there. I'm going to be right there in the middle of you and I'm going to let every one of you know that I have come to say there are many rooms in my father's house. (laughs) If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for your prostitute. Falls at his feet, washes his feet with her tears, dries them with her hair. And there they are. If you knew what type of woman this was that's touching you, you say you're a prophet, you would know this woman is unclean. And he lifts up her chin in front of them all and dignifies her. Woman, your sins are forgiven you. Go sin no more. Woman, there's a room in my father's house for you. Get up. I honor you more than all these Pharisees, Sadducees, couldn't seize and wouldn't seize in this room. Woman, get up. Get up, woman. There's a room for you. In my father's house are many rooms. An adulterous woman thrown at his feet. Crucify her. I mean, stone her to death. Stone her to death. They're yelling out. He who has not sinned, cast the first stone, he says. And the woman's left there. He says, woman, where are your accusers? Where are they? Where are these ones that, that judge that you're good enough or not good enough? Where are they? Where are they? Where's the ones that point to you and say, you're not pretty enough? You're not skinny enough? Where are the ones that say, you're not smart enough? Where are they, Jesus said? Woman, look, where are your accusers? There are none. And tonight I want to say this to you. Where are your accusers? Where are young people? Where are your accusers in your Dolly magazines, in your Cosmopolitan magazines that tell you you're not thin enough, pretty enough? Where are your accusers? Jesus stands up and says, there are many rooms for you in my father's house. If it were not so, I would have told you. An unclean woman with an issue of blood comes to Jesus. She's unclean. She knows it's her last chance. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She falls at his feet. She touches the hem of his garment. She's instantly healed. Jesus turns. Who touched me? There's crowds around you, Jesus. Don't be ridiculous. Anybody touched you? No power went out from me. I felt it. He turns around to an unclean woman who's not allowed to be in public while she's bleeding. Turns around and touches her. Woman, your faith has made you well. Get up and go in peace. There's many rooms for you in my father's house. The children, I said before, you bring the children to me. Let not, not let the children suffer. Bring them to me. There are many rooms for children in my father's house. They're not a pest. They're not too noisy in church. You know, we don't have to say to the children, be quiet. Let the children come. A little children, child will lead them. The praise of a child will lead them. Amen. If you just become like little children, you would understand the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. He brought children in. The sick, the lame, the beggars, blind Bartimaeus, begging on the street since he was a child. Didn't know any other way, but he heard Jesus was coming. Somebody tell me when he's coming by, I just got to touch him. I've just got to touch him. Jesus walked by. Jesus, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Jesus, son of God, 
have mercy on me. Of course, Jesus has mercy. Of course, Jesus has mercy. He would never leave anybody blind. He would never leave anyone as a beggar. Because I've come to set the captives free, said Jesus. I've come to bring a status quo, an equilibrium. I've come to bring a, a place, a platform where all men are significant, where all men are counted, where all men are precious, where all men are dignified in my kingdom. Blind Bartimaeus is a king in my kingdom. Stand up, Bartimaeus. See and walk out of here and walk as a king with your held head held high in Jesus' name. Fishermen, just fishermen, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'm just a fisherman. Come and follow me. You don't understand. You've been called. You've been chosen. And there's ordinary people that are doing ordinary things who have great things inside of them. And they don't even know it yet. Because Jesus, the master, needs to look into your eyes. There are many rooms for you in my father's house. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I work for you. A significant place for you to do my work and to do my will. The poor. He went to the poor. And he said, blessed are you who are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. He sat on hills instead of temples and talked to people who lived in rags and fed them bread and fish to keep them alive while they listened to his words of wisdom. And he loved them and he loved them and he loved them. And there was no one that he turned away. Amen. And even, 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 the very lowest place you could go, even the dead, even the dead. What are you doing dead? There are many rooms for you in my father's house. Get up. Get up, little girl. Get up, little girl, and live. Breathe. Restore you to your parents. There are many rooms for you in my father's house. I have come to abolish death and to bring life. Jesus Christ, the one, the one historical person who made the greatest change to, to, to humanity ever. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the one who looks at you and looks at me and says, there are many rooms for you. There is never, never, never will I say to you, no room in the end for you. Then let me ask you this question. If this is so, if all that I have said to you tonight is true, then why do we feel like we have to be good enough to come to him? Why do we feel like we have to be smart enough before we read his word? Why do we have to be pretty enough, good looking enough, skinny enough? Why do we have to feel as if we have to be someone significant? Why do we have to feel as if we have to do all these good works before we can come to Jesus? And every time 
you come into his house and he calls you to lift your hands and worship him. And he calls you to eat the food that he's bringing in the banquet. And you stay outside the door, say, I'm not good enough to come in. I'm not wise enough to come in. You didn't see what I did this week, Jesus. You didn't see, you didn't see my heart, Jesus. You don't, you know, Jesus, Jesus looks for the treasure, not the rubbish. Jesus is looking for you, each one of you. And we have to get this whole concept out of our heads that we need to be good enough, pretty enough, smart enough. That we've had these brownie points lined up before we come to church on Sunday. Therefore, I'm worthy to worship God. It is the greatest lie of society. And it was the very box that Jesus came to take society out of. It was the very thing that he came to change. No longer are you a reject of society. No longer are you a reject. No longer... Are you judged and condemned? But he made a way. He made a way. He made a way. He made a way. And the Bible says that when we get to heaven, we're going to be astounded at who is sitting on the thrones next to Jesus and who isn't. And you would look at people, you would go, that, oh, that, oh, man, when they get to heaven, like, well, but you know, I reckon there's bums on the street right now. They're going to be in a greater place than me in heaven. Amen. And I'm cool with that because that's my servant king who I serve. And in fact, I would take the bum and I'd carry him in there and give him the place of honor over myself because that's the heart of the kingdom and the king that we serve. Matthew 9, 10 says this. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, this is the tax collector, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, what? Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? You see, they couldn't see what Jesus could see. They still had eyes that judged in the natural. Jesus said, on hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call sinners. 